This is Worship God, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Canada. Worship God is designed to equip worshipers and worship leaders for Christ-centered worship. Well, welcome back to Season 2 of Worship God. My name is Rob Brockman. I'm an associate pastor at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Aurelia, Ontario. And today I'm joined by my other co-hosts, Pat Sabell, who's the worship pastor at Midtown Church in Vancouver, and Jody Cross, who is the lead pastor at South Shore Bible Church in Barrie, Ontario. And today, we are going to be discussing and diving into the topic of this, coming to church on time. How do, how do you come to church on time? When I was a kid, coming to church was like a sacred, serious event, I remember. Getting all decked out and dressed up. And, and now this is 25 years ago, mind you. And, um, you know, you came to church early, uh, on time, if not early. And, but I found like pre-COVID, Worship had kind of become more of a, a casual event, and maybe this has been longer than pre-COVID. But often people are still coming in halfway through the first song, maybe even to the second song, sometimes 10 to 12 minutes into the service. And it's funny because I don't really recall that as a kid. Maybe that was the way it was, but I don't recall people coming in that late when I was a kid. Maybe you had punctual parents. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe Tim Hortons didn't exist in those days. You know, I've seen <laughs> yeah. the same thing, and uh, you see the people coming in late, and they've got something yeah. <laughs> in their right hand. It's a certain cup cup of something. Yeah, I kind of wonder if that has something to do with the drive-through lines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you kind of go, oh, I know where you've been. Okay, mm-hmm. now I see. I see. Well, guys, what about you? What has been your experience with this in recent years is is this a problem you've noticed getting worse or getting better what do you guys think pat what about you oh man i I, i'm gonna start with a confession you guys right off the bat um that when i saw the topic and specifically what we were going to be talking about today uh i i i must admit that there's been a lot of discouragement around this whole area and i think a despairing like you know, this is, it's, it's, a, it's, uh, let's see, 32 years I've pastored. Uh, I was counting today six different churches in 32 years, and uh, it's never been any different. Um, hmm. th- this has been the problem. And I, and I just was, I was mindful of my own discouragement, just even thinking about this topic and wondering if there isn't a lot of pastors that may be tuning in or worship leaders that are tuning in today and thinking, yeah, that's that's my experience on a regular basis. Mm. And and maybe that experience has just caused us to not be faithful and to try to address it, but just to hmm. despair and to give up. And so I was convicted uh, as I seen this and started going through some of our notes and things that we we're going to be talking about today, that, that maybe in a sense my heart uh, had given up. Uh, and mm. so just, I, I want to start by a confession of just feeling like mm. I was freshly convicted uh, this morning in my, in my study and looking at some of these things that, mm. that w- w- there's never a moment where we should be giving up to something as precious as this. Mm. And so I, I pray that in this conversation we have today, there's real hope uh, mm. for, for people that are going to be listening in. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Jody, what about you? You know, I think the challenge is that 
it can become bitter because we yeah. work so hard. Uh, we're talking to service planners here, not just a worship leader uh, or staff members, but people who actually put the service together. And they know when 9.30 or 10 o'clock rolls around, it's not a soft start. Right. 9.30 is a start and things begin. And this is, we want everybody to be at the beginning with you. And if it's not that everybody's there, you can get angry. That turns into bitterness. And that really undermines the fact that we're attempting to love these people and shepherd them. Mm. So you got these two things working. And I was going to say, Pat, uh, for the discouraged hearts, uh, yourself included, uh, just listen to the podcast afterwards and you, you will be encouraged. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Rob, just to be a little bit cheeky, you said off the top, you know, uh, people come to, late, come to church late. What's the problem? I was just going to say, like, just get a watch. Like, yeah. <laughs> In some ways, this is not rocket science, and we're going to unpack right. it in the next few minutes to, to kind of deal with it. But yes, I've seen it too over 20 years. I've also seen, just to encourage people, Pat, yourself included, I've also seen where we've done things as a, as a staff to address it, and I've seen improvements. So mm-hmm. I, have, I have hope. <clears throat> and, and I do, I think we all, we want to preface this conversation by saying, look, we're coming together in our gatherings to glare and to and to eat of the gospel and the grace of Jesus and the strength that he gives us in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't want to all of a sudden now become le- like legalistic about right. this. And even in this conversation, we're not trying to guilt people. We're not trying, we're just trying to bring to the surface, Hey, maybe why this is actually a bigger problem than we think it is. Right. And so hear that when we have this conversation, like we're not out to troll on people. We're really here. We just want to, evaluate hey wait a second like pat said maybe we've let something slip here that really we shouldn't have and there needs to be some more intentionality Mm -hmm. guys why do you think then this has become such an issue and maybe pat we'll start with you what what are some reasons why a church might have a culture of showing up late for Mm. worship where does that come from Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I, I was thinking this morning about about my parenting, and we always talk to our children about there's there's fruit because there's a root, right? And so, um, if if you have apple trees growing on an apple tree, um, it's an apple tree because there's apples on the tree, and and so a lot a lot of times I think when we when we talk about something like this, how to come to church on time or or being late to church. There's usually uh, fruit because there's a root. And so mm. often we want to, as leaders, we want to go after the fruit. We want to say, look at there's bad fruit. This is not happening and we don't like this. But maybe we've not plummeted the depths or like really gone after like, what's the root? What's the, what's the real issue behind why, you know, 80% of our church shows up mm. after the third song or whatever? Um, <laughs> And so I, 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 that was just something that hit me this morning. There's always, there's always uh, a root behind the fruit. <laughs> and so <laughs> when, when I serve my kids right, I'll say, you know, hey, bud, um, what was going on in your heart when you, you know, lashed out and told your sister off? Um, <laughs> and what I'm trying to do at that moment is, is get to you know, what's going on there. It's like, well, maybe uh, at that moment, I, I wanted to be king. I wanted Hmm. to be boss. I wanted control and she wasn't, she was getting in my face. And so when Mm -hmm. you start to, you know, unpack some of these things at a root level, then it, then, then the fruit can be dealt with. And ultimately 
Jesus said we're known by our fruit. So I, I would say a church that has people that are consistently consistently late, uh, how do we get to the root of that? How do we figure out what, why, why are we late? I think those are great questions that we should be asking. Mm. Jody, what do you think? I was in a church recently, Rob, that you know very well. <laughs> and uh, and the seniors, the seniors tend to come on time. And maybe their lives are a little less complicated and distracted versus those who have one, two, three, or four children, maybe a couple little babies in the mix. And part of it, I think, is just life, too. I think there's there's deeper value roots, and I'll maybe talk about that in a, in a second. But one of the things is I just think a lot of people are tired, and they're busy, and they're distracted. And so I wonder how many people who come late are actually people with kids and the morning routine is is challenging for people getting kids in and out of the car and dressed and all that stuff and checked into kids ministry so part of it i think is just life and uh, we had four kids that were under six and uh, my wife did a stellar job at getting everybody to church and i think she she worked hard so i think you can do that and uh she did that without me being there because i was at church doing worship rehearsals Mm -hmm. she's she's a hero the other thing i think though is that if you lose the value of the event and the importance of it, for example, if you have a job interview, you know, it's a big job interview, you want the job, there's something really attractive, better salary, better better job description, you're going to be there on time or early. Right. You're going to be prepared, you're going to be ready. So the the sense of why this is an important event, why you value it, drives your actions. And if I was to look past the fruit to the root, I would say, that we've lost the sense of the fear of the Lord and what mm-hmm. it is that we're, what is it we're doing? We're coming to give our best to Almighty God. And mm-hmm. you mentioned 25 years ago as a kid, I, I think maybe there was a, a value that was instilled that we bring our best. We we dress well. We bring our best. We don't saunter in. We we're not casual about this. This is this is a big deal. This is the event of the week. Mm. I think one thing that that I have thought about, and maybe this will be controversial, I don't mean it in a controversial way at all, um, but I do think that maybe sometimes our theology of worship says that the sermon is the main thing. Mm. The sermon is the point to the service. I was just listening to even a a sermon this morning where the pastor said that, how in in Reformed Mm. Protestant worship, the word is the important thing. The word is the main thing. And I've been really thinking about this. Brian Chappell in, in his book, Christ-Centered Worship, and I maybe even read this quote before, says this, in most people's minds, the stuff that fills the time early in the service is considered only the prelude to the sermon, the opening act as the main event. And they have not been taught to think of the worship service as having its whole thing having gospel purposes. And so as a consequence, the preparation for the word is evaluated only by its ability to, to hold attention, build emotion and attract people. So people are used to like, well, I'm really just coming to hear the sermon. The music is just kind of getting me in the mood to hear the word. I think I, maybe that's uh, an exaggeration, but I do feel like a lot of people maybe do come with to church with that kind of mindset. Like I'm just, I'm, I can probably miss the first 25 minutes because, you know, what I really want is the word and the Lord's Supper. And so I think maybe some of some of that is also behind this. Yeah, those, are there who, any? Are, uh, those who are maybe driven by their, their head as opposed to their heart, <clears throat> they're wanting information, they're wanting truth. And, uh, you know, I, I think 
there are people who who love music and love the emotional expression that music brings and uh, i i bet they would show up on time maybe more than those who are driven by content and uh, mm-hmm. truth that's a good thing too because I, I do often hear a lot of people specifically men say well yeah, i don't really like singing and it's kind of like this excuse, like, well, I don't really like singing. I don't like that. So that often kind of drives maybe in the back. I'm not saying intentionally going, I don't, you're saying Sunday morning, I don't like music. Therefore I'm going to come late. But I certainly think that these are things that might educate us in the background. Isn't that consumerism in the sense, because you say the sermon's my thing, music's not my thing. So I'll take what I want. I'll leave what I don't need. Without thinking, what does God want? How does my how do how do my actions affect other people? Like it's still very individualistic, very consumer minded, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so guys and Pat, maybe I'll I'll throw it to you first. What might be some biblical principles that we can draw from the Bible, so how in, that help us think about this issue about showing a church coming coming to church late what are some where are some places that we go in the bible that might help us just kind of center ourselves around this conversation yeah i was i was thinking this morning of a sermon i heard not too long ago by a guy named daryl johnson on um uh joining the worship service already in progress uh mm. in revelation four and five um, and he says, every time we gather down here, we're joining a worship service already in progress. And, and this should this should do something. I think. I think there, I think there should be uh, ac- expectation and anticipation. Um, um, but I was thinking of the text in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews twelve. For you have not come to what could be touched, a blazing fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm. To the blast of a trumpet and the sound of the words, uh, those who heard it begged that not another word be spoken to them, for they could not bear what was commanded. Even if an animal Mm. touched the mountain, it would be stoned. The appearance was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. Instead, instead, you have come to to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels, a festal gathering to the assembly of the firstborn whose names have been written in heaven, to a judge who is God of all, to the spirits of righteous people made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood which says better things than the blood of Abel. And then then he goes on to say, um, um, therefore, since we received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful by it we may serve God acceptably with reverence and, and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Um, mm. I, I, this, this, the fact that we've come to Mount Zion and uh, it, it's, it's because of Jesus' blood that's been sprinkled, that's been shed for us, that, that we've received this kingdom. That, and, and then we're called to, to, to be thankful and to serve God with acceptable serve God acceptably and with reverence and awe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and just like thinking of that, that, that beautiful thing of that God calls us to gather, we gather around the gospel. We gather to remember the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time we gather, we're joining this, this worship service. It, like, could you just imagine 
that just picturing that, like your church really grasping and understanding that on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. or whatever it is, when 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 that call to worship comes and, and we're reminding the church that the Lord is present and the Lord is the one who's initiating us, it's a sense he's saying, would you join the worship of heaven right now, who is uh, is just unleashing, you know, mm. unending praise and glory and honor to my name. Um, mm. Somehow to grasp that and understand that. So I, I think this this Hebrews twelve just has something mm. to say to us. It's, it's not a it's not a mountain that can't be touched. It's not it's not where we're saying, hey, you know. But, but we've come to Mount Zion. We've come to the city of the living God. We've come to to Jesus. Uh, the one whose blood has, has has been shed for us, and and there should be thankfulness and worship, serving God acceptably. There should be reverence and awe. I think when we gather, I think what we're going to discover is a lot of the reason behind why people come late is they have a view of worship that's this, yeah, and that right there, it's like uh, we got to get a bigger vision for what's going on here, right. like. We, we're part of a greater song. We're part of a historic, eternal choir that's yeah. happening. And um, that's that's huge. Jody, what about mm-hmm. you? Where, where, where else could we go? As I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking what Paul says in Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3, that our worship is both vertical and horizontal. Mm. So I'll give you one each. Um, Malachi 1.13 says... Uh, you say what weariness is is, and you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence or is lame or sick, and this you bring as your offering. Mm. So it's the idea that um, people think they can bring their junk, uh, bring their second best, that they can just bring, you know, half-heartedness. This, this will do. This is good enough for God. And that's clearly a rebuke in Malachi that mm. the Lord of hosts, the God of glory, the eternal God deserves our very best. And so that definitely lifts our eyes and it, it lifts our drive to say, Lord, I want to bring you the best that I can be, the best mm. that I can bring. I don't want to bring you second best. I want to bring you my leftovers. That's on the vertical plane. The horizontal plane, I think something um, in Romans chapter 12 or even First Peter 4, it just says everyone has a gift to be used when we're gathered. And so we, we serve one another with the grace of God in our lives. So... I want to be there on time for worship because there's a ministry that God wants to do through me to other people. And I want to be faithful to use this gift as a good steward of God's grace to build up the body of Christ and not miss out on that privilege. I kind of feel like we need to camp out on that idea because this idea that worship has, when I'm coming, I'm not just coming to sing songs and get a sermon and be instructed and leave. Like, that is a very North American consumeristic concept of worship. Uh, Worship has always been a communal thing. It's always been intended for us to participate in together to, to God, but also to one another and with one another. And, like, I think of even the way that Ephesians 5.19 says it. Ephesians 5.19 says, um, address one another in Psalms. It doesn't say address God. It says, address one another in psalms mm-hmm. and hymns and spiritual songs, making music and melody in your heart. So there's a, there's a, and then he says, and making melody to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So it's like we address one another and we make melody to the Lord. We're doing two things at once. And mm-hmm. that, man, I think that's lost. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe it's because of all the dim lights. Maybe not. Some people may argue that. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think it's just we've completely become hmm. consumeristic and focused. And we're forgetting that God's called us to encourage one another, to bless one hmm. another. He's given me a word for Pat. If I'm coming to church with Pat, yeah. he's given me a word to encourage or even just singing is an, yeah. is an encouragement. Right. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking as well, I think, you know, we're, we're competing, we're up against some, some pretty, you know, if you're listening to the radio all week long and the production and the quality of stuff like that, um, we talked a little bit about how the, the pastor is, you know, I'm coming just to hear the message. Um, you know, a pastor's given 15 to 20 hours in his week to craft and be intentional and think about stuff. And often our, our worship guy is, you know, is, is throwing something, especially in a lot of smaller churches with lay people uh, serving there. They're given a, you know, a Saturday night, uh, an hour, hour and a half to kind of throw something together. Um, and I think, uh, so this is what we're up against. We're competing. And I feel like in some ways, we should always be trying to, to be better to make our congregational singing or that first portion of our gathering uh, more intentional and do it better. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I think we need to understand that that ultimately the, the entire gathering, our Sunday liturgy is about the work of the people. So it's about the people having a heart and a mindset to come. We come because God is the one who's initiated us. He's brought mm-hmm. us into his family. He's always initiating. He's always calling us. And so that Sunday mm-hmm. gathering is just another where time where he's calling us as individuals, as families to come and to gather and to worship him. So I think it's important that we, Mm. that we pay attention to that. When you just said something, Pat, you said, you know, God's inviting us. And I think even when we think about a call to worship, what is that? It's God's invitation. That's why even the benediction, it's God's, the Lord's benediction. The Lord is inviting us. The Lord is sending us out. So when the Lord invites you, right. I would think you'd want to be there on time. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like if my friend invites me to, to dinner, I don't want to show up 15 minutes late. Yeah. I don't want to show up halfway through the main course. I want to be there on time or early. So well, he, well, maybe he, not early. <laughs> he, he's doing more than inviting. He's calling us. Yeah. Um, and so Ab- if, if I call you and you don't respond, you know, mm. I mean, I think there's this, this something really special there do we understand that that at 10 a.m or whatever time your gathering is that when we begin with a call to worship it's not the worship guy saying hey church come on we need to worship jesus right now no it's 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 the call of the the lord of the church Mm. is saying worship me (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so yeah hey lord i'm gonna do that but i'm gonna be 10 minutes late because I didn't, I wasn't intentional enough. I didn't think enough. I didn't plan well enough, or I really needed a Tim Hortons before I got mm-hmm. to church. Um, yeah. Stayed up too late Saturday night, just finishing my, my binge, Netflix binge. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, and, and a couple of little small things like that hint towards this. I just I even think of when Paul in First Corinthians eleven thirty three encourages the church to wait for one another for the Lord's Supper. Now, there's a lot of context. There's a lot of reasons why he's saying that, but I certainly think there's an element that we saw in the Corinthian church and we saw there that. They were divisive and not united, and they were doing their own thing. And chapter 14 is all about a lack of order and a lack of structure, and it was kind of disintegrating into kind of everybody does their own thing. And Paul rebukes the church, and he gets them back in order and in structure. And so he tells them, and people were eating for their own. They're just eating because they're hungry. And Paul goes, quit thinking about just yourself. This was the problem that was in the Corinthian church. And I think it's a problem in a lot of our churches today. We're just concerned with, well, guys, you don't understand. Like my kids, guys, you don't understand my Saturday night. And it's like the whole, Paul's whole point is think about everyone else. Consider everyone else better than yourself. Think about the congregation that you're coming to gather to. That's part of Paul's kind of encouragement and rebuke there. And I think, I think we need to hear that. Agreed. So what would we encourage then people to do then in terms of coming to church? What would we like to see? Jody, what would you like to see if you had, if you, you know, so you've got a voice to a bunch of people, God willing, who are going to listen to this. What would you want to encourage them to do? Yeah, the big, the big picture, I would say there's a red thermometer and a blue thermometer. Uh, blue thermometer says, my heart is cold. I'm completely unready for this. Red thermometer says, I'm ready. My heart is engaged. It's pulsing. So I would, I would love, if my church is 150 people, have 150 red thermometers walking in. Mm. And that is a whole thing about preparation for worship. But as it pertains to arriving, I don't think you can be red and have everything that you want to give to God and everything that God wants to do in you if you're showing up late. I think you're going to be coming in sweaty, angry, heart racing, distracted, that just is not a setup uh, for, for you being blessed and being a blessing. So uh, not, you know, we just don't want people to arrive at 10 o'clock. That's not good enough. It's, it's actually being there early because mm-hmm. early means I get the stuff done that I need to get done. I need to park my car. I need to shake five hands, or at least we used to shake hands. I need to say <laughs> hi to five people and check my three kids in, get a bullet, then find my seat, sit down, take my coat off, breathe for a bit and all of that takes time so perfect world 15 minute buffer mm. you you pull in at quarter two and you get 15 minutes to do that and then you have a couple of minutes just to sit and say thank you lord that i'm here this stuff is done jesus i'm ready prepare my heart and uh, let me sing to you mm. yeah I, We've I, ta- sorry pat i was also also gonna say i think sometimes if, if there's a pattern and I'm, and we're talking to people who are listening right now, if, if this is a pattern in your life, maybe it's a, it's a family or a husband and wife sit down and say, why are we, why are we late? Um, mm. so let's get to the, the, the root of why we're late. And sometimes it's, it's just all those things that really we're not being intentional about. And I remember, uh, I, I have so many children, and I've, I I I call them the the big the bigs and the middles and the littles because they're all like ten year gaps between all all these kids, and um, like I remember sitting down with my earlier group of kids, and I and I was convicted that I don't do this as much anymore, but we used to this Saturday night there was a moment in Saturday night where we talked with the kids about tomorrow we're going to meet with Jesus. We're going to be with God's people 
and Jesus is going to be present. The Lord of the church is going to be present, and he and he's going to meet with us. And and there was anticipation that we built in the night before. And so then we talked about, the, you know, what morning routine looks like and breakfast and all that stuff and how do we get there. And and the crazy part is, Jody, I was just like you and, and Rob, you'll be just like us because you're a worship guy. Uh, my wife always brought our children. She's never known a day where I went to church with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she always brought the kids and she she is always early. Um, and I don't think she's ever been late to a Sunday morning gathering but mm. she 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 loves the church and she loves being there and she loves n- realizing that she has a role to play so i would just say to people listening in like sometimes it's just about evaluating and and assessing and go where have we gone wrong and intentionally what can we do about this to change it mm-hmm. And I would start with a with a, a foundational reason as to why, and hopefully we've given you some here in, in the scriptures. Mm, yeah. So we talked kind of naturally about a lot of the blessings of coming early. We talked about, you know, we get the fellowship, we get to use our gifts, we're preparing our heart, we're being an example to people. It you know, so there's a lot of benefits about coming early. What are though some of the negative consequences of being of being late. What are some of the unintended consequences when I show up five minutes, six minutes into the service? What are some of those things? Jody, I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I can think of is when I'm leading a song and I watch someone coming down the aisle, I watch everybody's eyes turn and yeah. watch the people as they're marching down. It's like, you know, you're singing, turn your eyes upon Jesus. And at that moment, <laughs> there ain't nobody whose eyes are on Jesus because they're on the the couple with their coffee and their, you know, their two kids that are marching down to the front row. I don't know how that happens. Maybe that we have, have a little talk with the ushers too, but yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, everybody's eyes are not on Jesus at that point. So the big one, one of the negative ones that's big is just distraction mm-hmm. that everybody else who was there, the 90% or 85 or whatever that were there early or on time, uh, they just, they just got kind of knocked <laughs> off their game because, you know, some, some family or some individual just walked in late. And that really is a lack of respect. We were talking earlier about the call to worship and the leadership and the work that's been done. And I, the word that came to my mind was respect. I'm respecting or honoring the Lord. I'm respecting and honoring the leaders. I'm respecting and honoring everybody that's around me, that I'm not being a burden and a distraction to them, or I'm not being an impediment to the worship leader who's got enough on his, his mind. And, you know, so... I think that's just a big thing, distraction and um, robbing, really, if we want to just press it a little farther, just robbing people of what God was doing to you in that moment. You know, we're singing, oh, praise the name of the Lord our God, and we're in a a kind of a good vertical headspace, and then all of a sudden I'm like just looking looking around me, and these people are just marching in. And um, so that's that's a big one. And then I just think, I think we just miss out on blessing other people, because if we're not ready to receive and the anticipation that you talked about, we're, I'm going to miss, I'm going to be robbing you of what God wants to do in my life uh, to minister to you and vice versa. Hmm. I also think you're causing people to stumble in sense of there's a, there's a whole uh, pile of self-righteousness happening in that moment. <laughs> 
where the, mm. the person who was a half an hour early and he was running about and trying to do things and 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 really wants the the gathering to go well that morning and then you show up 10 minutes later uh, after after we've sang two songs already there there's a big temptation to self-righteousness and 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 you know in reality that's that's just our in our sinful nature and obviously God God's after that as well <laughs> but but I think we we want to be avoiding all 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 causes for offense um mm-hmm. and i think just that that desire to hey I, I need to get there and i need to be there in my seat because most importantly i think it's is that that we're, we're not you know you, it's like half of the body just trying to figure that out you know the, the first corinthians 12 text of you know everybody has a, a a part and a role to play but can you imagine that you're you're doing 10 minutes of a your your corporate gathering where 50 percent of the church isn't there it's like it's like a paralyzed body for for the first 10 mm. minutes of the gathering because we should be we should be with one voice glorifying god our father um and it should be from every age and every tribe and every tongue and every culture we should be there we should be gathering together to worship jesus i think of like if anybody works out and you understand compound movements like a church is a compound move in essence a bunch of things happening to make the one thing work and when certain parts of the body are weaker and you do that move you're putting extra strain on one particular muscle which can cause damage and injury Mm. and so in the same kind of way it's like it takes the whole body to lift it kind of takes the whole church to worship god and to encourage one another and so we need to keep that in mind Mm. guys what what things practically now as we close and this will be our last question what are some things that we can do to practically deal with this issue in our churches now again the if we solve this we could probably solve world world hunger but how could we better encourage people to be there on time what are some things we could do don't ignore it you know you said earlier i think we just feel like what's the use tried tried and failed many times it's never going to change i think it, i think it can change and i think it will change and this ultimately is a it's an issue of discipleship it's an issue of faithfulness mm. to god and it's an issue of discipleship so I think if it's a it's a chronic problem that we talk about it. I've seen before where senior pastor and myself will actually have a chat, a couple of stools and maybe a little table, call it a round table, call it a family chat, whatever, and just say, hey, our congregation isn't doing well in this. Some of you are doing great, knocking it out of the park, but some of us are not doing such a great job. And here's and you sort of give a five-minute mini summary of what we've just talked about in the last 25 or 30 minutes. And just teach on why it's important because I think people, the congregation, worship leaders probably get it, but I'm not sure that everybody gets it. They might think that this is what we've always done. Isn't this just cool? Isn't this okay? And you say, well, no, it's not cool. It's not okay. And you actually raise the bar for people. I once heard um, a statement that said, people will rise to the level of your expectation. Hmm. And you might think that because you have a sign that says 10 o'clock, your expectation is 10 o'clock, but people may not know that 10 o'clock actually means something. So let's raise the bar on our expectations and call people to that, encourage them. But there's definitely room for ex- exhortation and admonition, rebuke where necessary. And uh, this is a whole other topic, but if it <laughs> pertains to bleeding over into the worship team and 
you know, showing up late for rehearsals, then one-on-one conversations, or even if there's certain families that are chronically, distractingly late, then we have sidebar conversations with them one-on-one, gently, graciously. We maybe talk about grace before we're done here today, but Mm -hmm. that would be one thing I would do. Make sure you teach on it and address it head on. Pat, what would you add? Yeah, I mean, I I think I would just say amen to all that. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, Encourage, encourage, encourage. Uh, motivate by grace, motivate by grace. I, I was, uh, I was a part of, uh, a church where one time the pastor took a picture, uh, from, he went up on the stage while we were worshiping and took a picture of the congregation. Uh, and then at the end of the gathering, he put it up on the screen and, and berated the, the people for, for, it was, it was like, I think it was like 10 minutes in and there was Hmm. maybe 25% of the church there. Um, that's not the way to, to deal with this. Uh, motivate by grace, um, encourage, give, give them a, a vision and a preferable f- hmm. picture of what, what it should be. Teach them that we're joining a worship service already in progress. Um, hmm. Teach on the theology of our gathering, our Sunday gathering. What's it to look like? Teach them what a what a call to worship is teach them what a what a sending is teach them of the high value of singing teach them of you know whether you like it or not <laughs> uh, whether mm. you're male and you say that's not my thing i i go to hear the preaching teach them um, yeah. show them in the scriptures and and lead them gently and graciously maybe a practical thing for our worship team and our pastors that we're speaking to would be Try to be done. So let's say your service starts at 930. Try to be done all your rehearsals and sound checks at 9 or 910 so that people can actually come into the sanctuary and actually come and sit. And maybe there's some worship music praying or maybe there's a time of led prayer. Some churches do that where they actually have some time for prayer as people are coming in. But try to, if you're expecting people to show up early but you're jamming out in the sanctuary and there's a lot of noise going on. People may not want to sit there. They feel like they're intruding. So that may be a, a, a little solution is to try to build a buffer so that when people come in, they can actually come and sit and pray and prepare their hearts and chat with one another when they're, when they're connecting. And, mm. and that may be something, you know, Pat, you were talking about motivating by grace. And I think we want to end with this note and we started with this and we want to end with this where we don't want to, come across yeah we don't want to berate and come down legalistically on people jody maybe speak to this like how do we how do we do this in a gracious way and how do we understand this in the context of grace Mm -hmm. yeah we're we're human enough to know that we've been there we've we've been the late people and uh some of that just bleeds over to our our nine to five monday to friday lives as well and so stuff happens and we get that Things happen on a Sunday morning, you know, your dog has a seizure in the night, your, you know, your water pipe bursts and stuff. And, and that's going to happen to people and kids get sick and all that stuff. So we want to give grace. We want to extend grace to people and love on them and love them and encourage them. So it's, it's both and it's everything that Pat just said. It's, it's teaching and encouraging, admonishing and extending grace so that people know that they're not excluded. They're not shunned because life happened. And Again, we'll know by looking if there's people who didn't get the admonition, they didn't get the teaching, and there's a new excuse every week. Mm-hmm. So there's grace and truth. Uh, I think that's maybe one way I would put it. Extend lots of grace, 
and give the truth where it's needed as many times as it's needed to help people in their in their love for Jesus, in their discipleship, and their love for the body. Well, thank you everybody for joining us on this episode on how to get to church on time. We hope it's been a blessing for you and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye for now. Worship God is a production of the Gospel Coalition Canada. For more Christ-exalting resources, go to ca.thegospelcoalition.org.